Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our weekly marriage hour today on trending. So much to talk about. We're going to talk about the pill, the impact on women's health, and the impact it has on marriage, the fake news about the pill that no one's talking about. And, you know, this whole idea that if you want a healthier cycle or if you want to fix any irregularity in women's health, just go on the pill. It's not true. It completely messes up our hormones, our bodies, our health, and our future fertility, not just our current fertility. So we're going to talk about that and how it impacts marriage later on. I'm also taking your questions. The number is 1-888-914-9149. And you can always ask your question on social media. Just reach out at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R. I.E. Mark Halk will be our guest in a little bit here today on Trending. If you don't know who Mark Halk is, he'll join us to talk about how his home was invaded by FBI agents holding him at gunpoint back in September for being pro-life and helping women in front of abortion clinics. He's since been exonerated, uh, praise the Lord, over the last couple of weeks. So he'll be here to share his story as well as what he sees coming out of the FBI in the coming months. We found out just again over the last couple of days that we've had an additional nine people um, who have been sentenced or sorry, not sentenced, but um, are violated supposedly in violation uh, of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance Act, and they're targeting Catholics and pro-lifers. It's a very odd moment where our government is very prejudiced against people of faith, specifically Catholics, and against people who hold to a pro-life view, even though our quote-unquote president is Catholic and pro-life. It's not something we can ignore because when everyday man who stands in front of the abortion clinic praying, talking to women who need help, When he is suddenly held at gunpoint by 25 FBI agents, his house is swarmed, his children are there watching him taken away after watching their father be held at gunpoint, it's a pretty big deal to see that happen. It's frightening, and we need to hear exactly what happened, uh, the historic steps that Mark Houck and his family took, uh, and what to expect in, you know, the coming years here with regard to the FBI. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. Again, it's our weekly happy hour. Happy to take your questions. But I want to talk today about women's health and cycles. That fun topic, gentlemen, you may want to tune out on. But what I want to talk about more specifically is the pill. That is hormonal contraception. It's important whether you are male or female because the reality is is that women 
get on the pill often for the sake of avoiding having children, and men are involved in that decision. But not just that, I've talked time and time again to men who say, yeah, I wish my girlfriend wasn't on the pill, or I wish my wife wasn't on the pill, or some form of hormonal birth control. Why? Because when you're on the pill, you're often moody, depressed, anxious, and there are any number of other health issues that are problematic. Your body's basically tricked into thinking that it is pregnant, essentially. But it's also not tricked into, you're, you are tricked into thinking that you are having now a normal cycle now that you're on the pill. Many women choose to go on the pill because they want the predictability or just the peace of mind of when their period's going to come around. Here's the deal. Here's what's happening with hormonal birth control. You're changing from natural hormones that either are already functioning in your body or perhaps maybe something's going on that need help functioning properly in your body, and you're swapping them out with synthetic hormones. Now, I know a thing or two about this because I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I've had to treat um, my health issues with progesterone because I tend to run low on progesterone. And so that's something I've had to use in the past before working to heal things in my body and no longer being dependent on natural forms of progesterone to help support the already natural forms of progesterone in my body. And you do it very carefully at specific times of the month so that your body's functioning with the correct hormonal makeup. Because this is what's fascinating about a woman's body is that we have a different hormonal chemical makeup every single day. And we're meant to be that way because our hormonal chemical makeup is directed and oriented toward the potential, that capability we have to have children. That's why if you don't know what it is when you have your period and a woman bleeds, that bleeding is because she's sloughing off the lining of her uterus that had been building up over the last number of days during her cycle to prepare in the event that she were to become pregnant. The lining of the uterus builds up and starts to prepare to carry a child. And when she's not pregnant, that lining sheds, and that's a sign why we know a woman isn't pregnant if she has her period. If she doesn't, that's why women start to get a little worried. Oh no, or oh yay, I might be pregnant. So here's what's happening with synthetic estrogen and progesterone. There are various names for them that we could talk about estrogen and progestogen are one of those things that we see a difference. These synthetic hormones basically adjust your hormone balance to prevent ovulation, which ovulation is when your body can actually get pregnant. When a woman releases an egg and that egg is alive and has the capacity to be fertilized by sperm. So what happens is the hormonal imbalance is caused to prevent ovulation or prevent a bad egg from developing, and it tricks your brain into thinking you're pregnant. You see, Synthetic progesterone, known as various types of progestins, suppress ovulation. So that's egg from ever releasing. It thickens your cervical mucus, which can prevent, if ovulation does occur, occur, it prevents sperm and egg from ever meeting. Or if sperm and egg do come together, it can actually cause an abortion because that cervical mucus can be so thick, it can cause the death of the baby in the earliest stages of life as a zygote. That baby still has all of those things present in its genetic makeup from hair color, eye color, skin tones, and even basic characteristics with regard to the child that are present, boom, at the moment of conception. So this child, although in the early stage of development, that child is being killed. 
But for some reason, because we think big people can pick on little people in their early stages of development, we justify this. You may not have known that hormonal contraception can both prevent sperm and egg from ever occurring, therefore being a contraceptive, but also it can work as an abortifacient, therefore causing an abortion when sperm and egg have already come together and they're trying to travel down that fallopian tube to implant in the uterus. Another thing that happens with progestins, those are fake progesterone, synthetic versions, is that your fallopian tubes don't quite contract and function correctly. And your your uterine lining thins. So it's not the type of uterine lining that you should have to support a pregnancy, therefore often leading to miscarriages when a woman is either on the pill and sometimes does still get pregnant and the baby does implant. It can lead to a miscarriage because of all of this hormonal imbalance impacting her reproductive system that's meant to function in correctly in the event that she has a baby, but is also too important, so important to function correctly, even if she doesn't have a baby. Our whole reproductive system as women is so fundamental. It actually is an indication of our health. That's why in various forms of Creighton, also known as natural family planning, we can study a woman's cycle and know if a woman's healthy or not, if she's stressed, if a thyroid issue is acting up. A The studying of a woman's cycle through natural family planning and fertility care awareness methods can actually even give indications very early on before there there are any diagnoses in other areas when a woman has cancer, for example, even cervical cancer. So that's what synthetic progesterone does. But what about synthetic estrogens? Synthetic estrogens, a main thing that occurs is that it leads the egg to not fully develop. It suppresses the follicular stimulation. So what happens is that follicle, it doesn't properly stimulate. And so either an egg isn't released or if an egg does release, it's a bad egg, in other words. And so that egg often, even if the sperm does end up penetrating the egg and leading to new life, that baby will often die early on uh, in the earliest stages of development. So what's happening? Why are we talking about all this? Well, I was reading a fantastic article about this um, that I love Evie Magazine or Evie Magazine. If you've ever read their work, they've got a lot of very um, candid, um, I would say practical information that is very pro-woman and a lot about dating, a lot about women's health, and a lot of truthful information that just kind of being suppressed. For example, how birth control contraception actually works. So here's the deal. When a woman's on the pill, She basically takes her pill, uh, her pill for a number of days, and then she takes a placebo pill, also known as an inactive pill, for another number of days. What happens is when you're taking that inactive pill, that's why you're supposed to take a specific pill during the specific days of the month. Well, the reason for that is because your body needs time to detox from all the crappy hormones that you're putting in your body. You're basically dropping a hormonal bomb in your body every single month, and the hormonal birth control pill actually gives you a placebo inactive pill for part of the month so that your body can try to detox from all the terrible hormones you've been putting in it all month. And so what happens is a withdrawal bleed from all of the terrible hormones. It's not actually a period. Now, a lot of women don't realize that you're not actually suddenly having a regular normal cycle and you're no longer getting, you're not getting regular as some physicians try to 
help you. And I think some physicians actually don't even understand uh, the science of this. They're given additional money to prescribe birth control. That's why there are so many different types of birth control out there. When I've worked in the crisis pregnancy centers and sidewalk counseled in front of the abortion clinic, I have seen and heard of so many different types of birth control. Why? Because there's money in the contraceptive culture in pharmaceuticals. So here's the deal. Birth control shuts down, bottom line, the woman's body from functioning properly with natural hormones by putting synthetic hormones into her body. I was reading an EV Magazine uh, piece on this, and I thought this was a really good analogy that was used. It said diesel fuel can go into the gas tank of your car, but your car doesn't run on diesel. So basically, your car just isn't going to run right and eventually will break it down. This is what happens with a woman's body. You see, hormonal birth control isn't a real solution. It's a fake period. It's not an actual period. It's actually a detox from all the horrible chemicals that are being thrown at our bodies. Why are we talking about all of this? Because on the health level, from the perspective of health, these hormones and chemicals are damaging women's bodies. On the other perspective, it's also damaging future fertility and the way we interact with each other as men and women. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but let's talk about the medical side of it. First of all, hormonal birth control is just a band-aid. I have been, uh, doctors have attempted to prescribe me hormonal birth control for years. As I mentioned, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome and Hashimoto's disease. That's hyperactive thyroid uh, disease with antibodies where basically your thyroid starts attacking your own body, can even attack um, your baby if you're pregnant, your thyroid starts to attack the child itself. So, Basically, if I were to take hormonal birth control, it would create an even further problem with my endocrine system because thyroid, progesterone, estrogen, these are all hormones. Now, yet many women today who are dealing with a slew of various medical issues are being told to go on hormonal birth control. It's not a solution. In fact, women with things such as endometriosis, PCOS, or hyperactive or hypoactive, thyroid issues, hormonal birth control can actually really prevent women from ever being able to have children by further disrupting that endocrine system that was designed to work so perfectly for our health as women. Now, even the United States Department of Health and Human Services lists on their toxicology site hormonal birth control, the synthetic versions of estrogen and progesterone that are used in it, they mark them in the toxicology site at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services as endocrine disruptors. We hear a lot about endocrine disruptor, disruptors, stop touching plastic, stop using plastic, drink out of glass or, or proper types of metal water bottles. I mean, that's a whole other conversation in and of itself. It's even impacting some of the gender crisis and same-sex attraction orientation we're seeing today. More about that in just a moment. But did you notice earlier when I was talking about how the hormonal birth control works and how the the fake estrogen and the fake progesterone function? When I was talking about the fake progesterone, I mentioned that your fallopian tubes aren't quite functioning the way they're supposed to. 
that there are mucuses inside the fallopian tube that lead to sperm and egg never meeting or a fertilized egg that is a new distinct human person, a zygote, which is the earliest stage of a human life for a baby, uh, that that baby uh, could die because of the chemical imbalance or because the baby doesn't properly implant. Well, when a woman comes off of hormonal birth control, we're seeing a huge rise in ectopic and tubal pregnancies where the baby gets stuck in and remains in that fallopian tube and never leaves. And that is actually life-threatening for both mother and baby. Why are we seeing this? Because of all the hormonal birth control use. Not to mention that the hormonal birth control is a group one carcinogen. That's a cancer-causing agent recognized by countless, countless international and national health organizations addressing the issue of cancer today. I've known young women in their 20s who have, who have breast cancer today because of hormonal birth control. And they're told that by their secular physicians. But if you just read the pamphlet, it's there loud and clear. Not to mention the fact that it causes blood clotting, heart attack, stroke. Haley Bieber, the wife of Justin Bieber, had a stroke last year. Why? Because she was on hormonal birth control and she's someone who should never be taking it. It also it weakens our immune systems as women. It impacts gut biome, microbiome, which is the good versus bad bacteria in our gut, which, by the way, everyone's trying to treat today with probiotics and prebiotics. It also leads to depression and anxiety, why many men actually don't like their girlfriends uh, when they are on birth control. They wish they wouldn't take them, even if they like the benefit of birth control. They don't like that that side effect of it. I also mentioned earlier that impacts sexual preferences. There were studies done years ago, and they continue to be addressed, that, for example, Lionel Tiger points to one anthropological study of a group of monkeys where they give Depo-Provera to a handful of the female monkeys. And let's just say what happens is that in the dynamic between the male and female monkeys, the sexual preferences change among the male monkeys when all of the female monkeys are on contraception and the male monkeys start to have sexual encounters with one another rather than what used to be their dominant interactions with females, female monkeys. So again, this is a part of the whole gender crisis and same-sex interaction crisis that we're experiencing today. So on a health, scientific, biological level, it makes sense. It even impacts our pheromones and how we interact with one another, leading us as women and men to choose one person over another because our pheromones, which help us in choosing another spouse complementary based on genetic makeup that would lead to the healthiest possible uh, outcome in terms of the child that we would create with one another, that's completely been changed and altered by hormonal birth control. Your pheromones change and the type of person you're interested in is totally different. This is why many people who date and then get married but were on birth control through that suddenly find themselves in a marriage where they think, I really don't like you and I'm not that interested in you after all. And so here we are, lo and behold, in this crisis medically for women. Hormonal birth controls leading heart attacks, stroke, blood clotting, Weakening our immune system, weakening the basic just good bacteria in our guts, leading to things such as autoimmune disorders, food allergies, 
Not to mention that there was a JAMA study done, I think about three or four years ago, studying and showing that if a young girl, when she's still in the psychological development of her brain, uh, from adolescence into about the age of 25, if a woman's taking hormonal birth control during that time, it permanently impacts her mental health, leading to permanent damage with regard to the tendencies toward anxiety and depression because the brain does not function properly and does not develop properly by being nuked with hormones that are synthetic and not meant to be inside her bodies. And that's important that we understand medically. But we don't often talk about the interpersonal and the marital side of hormonal birth control. Number one, no, many women who for a season use hormonal birth control for health reasons or because they don't want to become pregnant at certain seasons in their life while they're trying to get an education or seeking out a particular degree or while they're still in high school and for some reason being prescribed hormonal birth control. They take it for all of these reasons and then one day, lo and behold, they're married and they want a child. They experience miscarriage after miscarriage. They experience ectopic or tubal pregnancies. Or they're not able to get pregnant to begin with, and they're thinking, well, I'm off the pill, why not? Or I only took the pill for a couple years, why not? Well, it's because our bodies women are being nuked with these so-called harmless birth control pills that are supposed to be the one-size-fits-all band-aid to every issue from women's health, regular cycles, to not wanting to get pregnant. And then it's creating marital crises that are so unfair that we've been lied to as women, that we could have children on our terms, that the pill would fix every single medical issue we had. But it was never going to fix the marital crisis we would one day have when we finally had the opportunity to get married. These are the things that are happening today that we're not being told about. Praise God, I grew up in a pro-life home and I knew that birth control was unhealthy for my body, that there were real medical solutions and that birth control also caused an abortion. So I never took the bait when offered it by medical professionals claiming to try and help fix my body who were really being paid extra dollars to prescribe hormonal birth controls. And so it's leading to a marital crisis. It's leading to a spiritual crisis because when you so deeply desire that God-given gift of a child, And it's not given. It's not happening. People are sitting here saying, why God? Well, our society has said you need to be on birth control. We were convinced we needed to be on birth control, whether for health issues or to prevent pregnancy, to quote unquote, achieve our dreams. But the real dream many women want and desire in their lives often is the gift of children. This is why we're hearing a resounding cry from cultures all over the world, from Denmark, Italy, all over Europe, here in the United States. Career women at the end of their career, at the end of their lives, on their deathbed saying, I wish I had a child. I wish I had more children. I run into all the time people whose marriages have fallen apart, men who share their women, their wives are permanently home and depressed because of the loss of never being able to have a child, a failed attempts at in vitro fertilization that still didn't produce a child. Marriages are suffering because of these choices that women are being pressured into as normative in order to have a so-called happy, healthy life. 
You're listening to Trending with Timmery here on Relevant Radio. Happy to take your questions. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Be right back. I'll be joined in just a short minute here by Mark Halk. You know him as his home was invaded by FBI agents holding him at gunpoint for being pro-life and helping women in front of abortion clinics. He's since been exonerated in the last couple of weeks, and he's here to share his story and the future of what's coming from the FBI. I'll be right back. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Welcome back. It's our weekly marriage hour today on Trending, and we've been talking about the chemical bomb that women are taking today with hormonal birth control. If you missed the conversation, go and listen to the podcast. It's so important. Relevantradio.com forward slash trending. It'll be available later this evening. And do... A loved one, a favor, send this to your girlfriends, send this to your sisters, send this to the women in your life because it is so important that they're equipped and empowered with this information. So relevantradio.com forward slash trending. You can subscribe to the podcast there and send a link or wherever you catch your podcast. We're there. You name it. We are there. Okay, so I want to go ahead and take a couple of questions here related to this topic. First, Adam from Chicago's on the line. Adam, real quick, we have a moment here. What's your question about birth control? The environment oh, can you restart your question? Only- we just caught you here. Okay. Uh, so I had a question about what other factors beside, uh, besides uh, birth control are well factors such as, like, say, plastics or, um, uh, you know, um, estrogen-mimicking compounds in the environment or uh, even soy-based uh, products uh, affect not only the men's, I mean, not only women's fertility, right. but also men's fertility indirectly oh absolutely i don't touch soy i one i'm allergic to soy but i do not have soy in my household and thank god it wasn't something that my mom allowed in our household growing up because the endocrine disruptibility of soy is huge Uh, it can be very very bad for our bodies especially with the way it's grown today Uh, both for men and women it is impacting our hormones, bottom line, and there's a lot of conversation about it impacting the whole gender crisis today uh, as well. It's an endocrine disruptor. And there are, uh, I think, a lot of pieces, not I think, I know a lot of pieces of information about how the hormonal birth control, um, well, when we urinate and when you're taking any form of drug, that ends up, those pharmaceuticals end up in our water system. And there have been studies done even um, with the um, Colorado River uh, showing that there are hormonal birth control chemicals of estrogen and progesterone in their synthetic forms, and they're impacting the fish, leading to hermaphrodite fish and infertile fish for multiple generations, and how it's impacting our bodies, not just for women, but for men. And we're suddenly seeing this rise in various types of cancer, such as breast cancer for men, and it's because of the increased exposure of 
fake estrogen and progesterone in the water that men are drinking. This is why we're all so careful in our household about the type of water we drink and trying to make sure that those hormones are filtered out. So that's a great question. And interesting fact, there have been a lot of attempts to develop a uh, fertility drug to prevent uh prevent a pregnancy for a woman um, by giving like a hormonal birth control version to men. Here's the bottom line. It's been created, but it's often a dud. And this is why, because men are not willing to suffer the medical sacrifices and crises that women have been enduring for years. And that's why even though they're out there, the men don't stick with taking them because they don't want to have issues with their ability to launch. And I'll just leave it at that. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. Mark Halk will be joining me in just a few minutes. You may know him. He's been since exonerated, but the FBI invaded his home, held him at gunpoint in front of his children, and took him away. The whole story is ridiculous. Uh, We're going to talk about this and hear his side of it in just a moment. But first, we have on the line from Tucson, Arizona, um, Tom, welcome to Trending. What's your question today about birth control? Yeah, well, thank you for this subject. um, I've been wanting to ask you for a while, how do I talk about this to my daughters as a father? I mean, I'm a you know, divorced family, and I've got an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old um, daughter and, and daughters, and, and, you know, this is so important, and everything you're talking about, you know, from the health side effects is, you know, so <clears throat> thank you, but, how, you know, how do I even bring this up to them? That's a great question. I have a couple book recommendations. I'll be sure to include them in the episode notes. Um, they're from a couple of our guests here. One of them has to do with the medical science of the pill and the history of the pill. And I don't have the name of it off the top of my head, but I will have it in the episode notes later. And we'll post them on social media over the next hour um, too. But so it t- chronicalizes the medical side of the pill. A researcher really dr- drills down hard. And I think that that's a- important information to pass on because I think a lot of teen girls uh, in and young adult women uh, don't want to believe it because it's not mainstream information. But when they actually hear the history of it, um, it's startling. And so even if they won't read this book, you reading this and being empowered by it, and we'll include a link in the episode notes uh, where we chronicalize the history of the pill, um, we will give that to you because I think that's important information. Um, second, there's another book I want to recommend about uh, just female health and living happily and healthily. And it actually dives into a lot of this fertility information. It's very scientifically driven. Uh, the layout of it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, the NAPRO physician who has written it is regularly on trending. It's been a little while, uh, but we're grabbing the name of that book as well because my brain is not remembering either name of these books. These two books I think are your best go-tos for your daughters. The second book about living just a happy, healthy life uh, that is very beneficial. Um, It really dives into the medical science, but also how to practically go about living this medically in your life as well. And it exonerates you um, from this idea that uh, we're destined to use the pill in our lives. And this is the only uh, outlook and opportunity for us to solve these problems. And so Those are the resources I would recommend, whether you are reading through them and helping to bring this up in conversation or or it's something you pass along to your daughters. Um, Props to you, Tom, because that's really challenging. I hear from a lot of fathers, um, both divorced and married, who are having to really travel this uphill battle within their home with regard to fertility and 
hormonal contraception, I would encourage you to ask questions. You know, start with asking, hey, do you know anyone who's on the pill? Um, what has it been like for them? What are their reasons for taking it? Did you know X? Did you know why? Did you know that hormonal birth control is a group one carcinogen? Did you know, hey, I know that maybe you, you've you been having some unhealthy cycle issues. I know it might be awkward to talk about because maybe it's not something you regularly talk about. Um, but start to lighten the conversation so that's something you can discuss easily because you have that responsibility as you're filling a gap, uh, Tom, with the kind of the separation between uh, you and the girl's mother. Um, so you have to help kind of step in. And that's part of the responsibility as Catholic parents. When one spouse isn't there helping with a part of the conversation, um, you step in to help fill that void where the other spouse and parent should have been. Um, So I'm happy to give more tips. I'm a little short um, on time to discuss this, but I'm going to include those links within the hour up on social media as well as in the episode notes for today's show. I'm happy to continue to talk about this tomorrow if you have further questions. You're listening to Trending with Timory. Why I'm transitioning topics is because we have Mark Houck on the line. If you don't know Mark Houck's story, back in September, his home was invaded by FBI agents holding him at gunpoint for being pro-life and helping women in front of abortion clinics. He's since been exonerated, which is absolutely shocking um, that even there was a success going up against the FBI. He's going to share more details about this. Uh, Mark, welcome to Trending. It's good to hear you today with us. Hi, Timory. Great to talk to you again. Great to, to be on your program. Thank you for having me. Yeah, who knew we'd be reunited in this way? You do incredible work with the King's Men, helping to support uh, men in their formation and living out their vocation. That's how we've gotten to work together in the past. Uh, And so my jaw dropped when I saw your name come across my news screen back in September because it was one of those moments, Mark, where I said, wow, this is someone I know. And he was just in front of abortion Mm. clinic. And you were helping to keep your children safe in front of the abortion clinic when people are a little aggressive. And suddenly... What was kind of some legal proceedings where you're peaceably working through you know, ridiculous accusations and legal proceedings? Suddenly, tell us what happened when the FBI showed up at your house in September. Yeah, that's right. It, it was a local matter and held on a local level. Totally dismissed state PA court. Uh, you didn't you didn't have to deal with anything. It was done. We're moving forward. Everyone's moving forward with their life. Five days after the dismissal, I get a target letter from the FBI saying I'm a target of a grand jury investigation. My attorney, former federal prosecutor with Thomas More Society, Matt Heffron, calls the assistant U.S. attorney and says, you have no case. My client's innocent. But should you want to indict my client? This is back in April 2022. Uh, No need to bring an agent to his house. He's a peaceful man. We'll bring him to you. No problem. So uh, fast forward five months later, no correspondence with the Justice Department in Philadelphia, and I get raided on my home at my home Friday, September 23rd at 6.45 in the morning. And you're just home. Your kids are there. What happened? I know we've heard the story that there were 25 to 30 agents, that your yard was full of cars from FBI agents. What did that look like that day? Sure. So I'll, I'll take you back to the moment. So I, I got a quiche in the oven trying to get my kids ready for co-op that day for our homeschool. And uh, there's a banging at the door. Open up is what they're yelling. Bring in the doorbell. Whole house, whole house is alarmed. The kids are now stirring and scared and, and panicking. And I go to the door and I say, well, who is it? They didn't even announce who they were. And they said, it's the FBI. And they bang again. And I said, well, stay calm. I got seven babies in here. As I opened the door, Timory, I saw a circus-like uh, 
what looked like a uh, just a parade of vehicles, 15 marked and unmarked units up and down the driveway around my house, surrounding my house, and 20-plus federal agents and PA state troopers with M16s and pistols pointed at me with a battering ram ready to come in if I didn't open the door. So I asked them simply, what are you doing here? Because I really wasn't expecting them to be there because we hadn't heard from the Justice Department. And they said, well, you know why we're here. My wife comes down and says, do you have a warrant for his arrest? They said, we're going to take him with or without a warrant. So you get the kind of attitude of what was going on there that day. Right. And I know you weren't even allowed to change. I know even in the car, you were talking to the FBI agents. And can you just speak to kind of the mood of the FBI agents and what happened when you got out of the car after just having a normal day conversation with a couple of them? Right. So there were two agents that took me down to the federal building. And after some initial questions by me to them about what happened, we just talked about homeschooling. I talked to the driver. He's going to be a new, a new, uh, newly married man and he wants to homeschool his kids. And I was talking to him about homeschooling. Uh, it was pretty benign, the conversation. There wasn't much really to talk about. Uh, I was just resigned to what was happening. Uh, the lead agent was next to me. He wasn't offering anything. When we got to the federal building in Philadelphia, ironically, 100 yards from Independence Hall, where all of our rights were established, uh, I was sh- belly shackled and shackled in my bare ankles and chained to a table for six plus hours. Before that happened, the driver in the car told me it was a real pleasure uh, to meet me, uh, which I thought was interesting. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we were in a, a state of constant prayer as we were you know, dealing with the six plus hours of just nothingness and, uh, and just what being chained like to a table. Yeah, yeah, what was it like for you? I mean, you had to have been running with so many emotions to like, is my family okay at this moment? Uh, what's going to happen to them? What was that experience like while you're just sitting there alone? Sure. So, uh, you know, I had to just surrender that. And frankly, I couldn't say goodbye to my wife. I didn't know when I was coming back and I didn't say anything to my children. So, yeah, I just had to surrender them to God. I had to give them to God and and, and trust them to God. Right. And and I just I had tremendous peace, Timory. I, I was I felt like I was at the foot of the cross. It was the most powerful prayer experience of my life. I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> but truly, I, I was right next to our Lord and, and uh, just united with him. And I think for the first time in my life, it's where my will was perfectly united with God's will. Sometimes I think God allows these terrible things to happen. Um for the greater good, right? I mean, he doesn't choose for these moments to occur. But I know I've heard a lot of your conversation about what a transformational experience this has been. And I think that speaks volumes, you know, knowing you, knowing your character, the work you do in the pro-life movement to hear that transformation. It's incredible. Uh, We could spend so much time just talking about that. But let's talk a little bit about the case, because there's a lot coming um, down the line with the FBI. You stuck to the very end with the case. The FBI had a very weak case, so they started offering you pleas deals. Um, Why was that? Why didn't you take it? And what happened by your not taking it? Sure. So the FBI never offers a plea, the federal government that is, uh, because they have a 98% uh, conviction rate. They don't need to offer pleas. The plea has to come from the defendant. Uh, It actually came from them two weeks prior to the trial on January 6th. Uh, of all dates. And they said, uh, you know, basically a, a slap on the wrist, zero to six months prison. I was facing 11 years for your audience's benefit, $350,000 fine and three years supervised probation. Mm-hmm. So they were offering me basically no jail time, no, no prison time, no probation. And I just had to plead guilty to one of the two counts. Of course, I knew I was going to say no, but I went and I asked my wife, I said, what do you think? And she said, well, you know, because you're innocent. And two, uh, I wouldn't let you come home if you took that deal. 
uh, because <laughs> frankly, it was a cowardly thing to do. We needed to risk. Uh, you like that as a, as a wife? You, my wife was really behind me. Um, and, I, and I was emboldened by that. But we, were, we had to risk case law. And we had to risk whatever was going to happen to us because we didn't want other pro-lifers and sidewall counselors and people who are just trying to exercise their First Amendment rights have to deal with this in the future. So we, we said, let's do this. And whatever happens, it's for the best. And we trusted that God would, would allow whatever he, his will would be, and it would be for our benefit. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, my producer just said, he said, wait a second, you're telling me Mark is one of the 2% of cases against the FBI where you were not convicted. This is how significant that is. And what you did is you were helping to settle, as you said, case law. We've heard a lot from the Supreme Court about precedent-setting cases. That's basically this idea in law where if there's a case and there's been a similar case in the past, that the court usually tries to solve the same court case in the same way. And so this is significant because we are currently seeing, we just heard uh, last year in 2022 that there were 26 pro-life activists at the Department of Justice charged with the FACE Act, the same act that they levied against you. I believe there were eight to nine more um, that have since been charged in the last couple of weeks. And I mean, this is really serious because what happened with you being exonerated and completely in the free and clear, that makes it so that it sets a precedence for solving those future cases. So what do you think will happen with these additional cases where the federal government is targeting pro-lifers and they're still in legal proceedings? Right. Well, you have to know that the judge in this case, the federal judge, Gerald Pappert, was uh, very much admonishing the government for the application of this statute. So even here we have a federal judge with a lifetime appointment telling the, the, the government, the prosecution, go back to D.C. and fix this. This statute is being applied way too liberally. It's infringing upon the liberty of everyday citizens, and it's not right. Go back to D.C. and fix it, is what he said on and off the record. He said it's just being applied way too loosely, spread too thin. So the judges are seeing it. Now we have case law. The case law will help people in a similar situation as me. Some of the cases are not quite the same, so they're more in violation probably of the FACE Act than I was. And frankly, Chimmery, my FACE Act rights were being violated because the escort mm-hmm. interrupted me as I was escorting women to a pregnancy resource center. So they're not applying it to anybody properly. Of course, mm-hmm. not to the churches and not to the pregnancy resources that are centers that are being firebombed. So yeah, what we have here is we have a case that will help sidewalk counselors not be afraid to go onto the sidewalk and, and do what they're called to do and exercise their first amendment rights. So they should have confidence going out there. And it's fascinating to see because I've been in front of the abortion clinics and the police will show up and they'll say, okay, you can't stand here. Uh, You have to move. You can't stand still. Okay, that's ridiculous. This is a public sidewalk. But they try to pass various ordinances that are there as ordinances, but they're actually violating your freedom. So when you actually take it to court, it doesn't hold up. Uh, They'll try to tell you, okay, you can't have a pro-life sign here. Okay, well, let me hold it and walk with it. And then that that suddenly they're okay with that as long as you're not staying still. I mean, this is how silly it is. And at the end of the day, the cases don't um, compute. They don't hold up at the end of the day. And so it's interesting because, Mark, you are a faithful uh, Catholic striving to live out your Catholic faith. And what was your reaction when you heard the whistleblower just a couple weeks ago uh, from the FBI sharing specifically that traditional pro-life Catholics are being targeted on a watch list by the federal government? 
So what we have here is, is and this is exactly why we're, we're testifying before Congress this coming month, uh, the Oversight Committee, the weaponization of the government and the F- FBI. So what you have here is a discriminatory viewpoint. And this is why the government has immunity, but it doesn't have complete immunity. And when they have discriminatory viewpoint, like you just uh, mentioned with pro-life people, we are being regarded as domestic terrorists, just regular pro-life people. And uh, my wife and children, again, discriminatory viewpoint, were the victims, the collateral damage of all this. And so uh, the act of terror upon them they can't dispute that. Okay. They, they, okay. T- take me to court, uh, to jail. That's fine. Pick me up on the street. That's fine. But you, you don't need to terrorize a family. And so if we're being targeted in this way, which it's, it appears that we are, we have a very corrupt government who's it's, it's Nazi Germany is what this is in the 1930s. And the world needs to wake up and see that Everything is not well in this country, and our government is picking up people like they did in Germany, Poland, uh, during the Iron Curtain. So, um, you know, it's 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 an interesting time. Mark, we'll come back to you in just a moment, but I do want to tell anyone who's not aware of it, Mark Houck's organization, he's the founder of and president King's Men, is helping men to live out their vocation, faith-filled vocation, empowering men. It's thekingsmen.org. That's the thing, kingsmen.org. We'll post the link in the episode notes and social media, and we'll be back in just a moment with Mark Houck, who was persecuted by the FBI but has since been exonerated. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. You may know his story. Mark Halk made international news after his home was invaded by FBI agents holding him at gunpoint in front of his young children for being pro-life and helping women in front of the abortion clinic. He, in the last couple of weeks, has been exonerated uh, from any accusations against the federal government, but he's not the only one. We had over 20 uh, pro-lifers who were targeted last year by the government, and legal proceedings will continue, and eight more who we found out just this week um, who are being addressed in Michigan um, by the FBI for similar issues. Uh, Mark, I think that it's been very evident. The FBI whistleblower came out a couple weeks ago saying, hey, uh, Catholics and pro-lifers are being targeted, and you people are being put on a watch list, essentially. A lot of people are afraid after hearing about this whistleblower sharing these details and also after hearing stories like yours. And it's doing what the government wants. It's scaring people out of standing in front of the abortion clinic and out of speaking for their faith-filled and pro-life views. What would you say to those people who are feeling scared right now to speak up or stand up? Sure. And that, that's a great question. And, and a question I've often been asked as a result of this is obviously the, the easy answer is be not afraid. But, you know, we have to look at is the, the, the individual themselves and their call as a, as a Christian, as a Catholic Christian, as a Christian in this world. You know, we have babies who can't speak for themselves. So every every soul today we're responsible for. And so we need to to go into the gap. And, and, and so I would say don't let what happened to me and my situation affect your ability to fulfill the call that is upon you and the will of God for you. And so we have to just ask God to give us greater faith and greater trust. And I would say to all your audiences listening right now that this has been a tremendous blessing in my life and that the 
good, there's a greater good than there was any evil here for me. And so, uh, you know, we have to trust that even in the midst of what man intends for evil, God will bring to good and intends for good. And so, you know, we just have to surrender some of our fears there. And I know that's not easy, but we really know that God is a God of provision and he will provide for his people. Now, that's an act of faith, Mark, because, I mean, you face sure. the fact that, okay, will I be able to provide for my family? Will I be able, uh, will I spend 11 years in prison, potentially? And you were running through this. How do you kind of reconcile that? As I think a lot of men are saying, you know, it's safer for me as a provider and protector to just remain quiet. It might be, but you know what? You have to answer for that to God, right? So if God has put it on your conscience that you need to do this and you ignore that, well, then God will hold you accountable. And I'm not saying he's a wrathful God, but he's a God of justice. And so if he's put it on your heart to go and you're ignoring it because you're grasping at what you, you have. Remember, we have to remember, Timory, everything is a gift. Our family, our children, our jobs, everything we have is a gift. And so we have to see that freely we've been given, freely we must give. And so we must look to give back in that way. I know we were talking last week about this whole idea during our Gentleman's Hour about proportionate risk. And I think that's part of it, too, is this uh, proportionate risk that is proportionate to my state in life, you know, to my family. You you were standing in front of the abortion clinic and you were praying there on a public sidewalk and your kid was there. You were helping to keep your kids safe. Um, You know, I think that these are things that, you know, we talk about versus, you know, maybe you you weren't there trying to intentionally block the door preventing women from coming in. Maybe that's something that a single person might do because they believe that that's the most important thing to do to save a baby's life. I mean, we've got to talk about kind of some of the differences there and proportionate risk and what's appropriate for your family and state in life. Yeah, I mean, there's prudence there, right? So prudence is right reason and action. So we have to pray about that, be very discerning. I know we're running out of time, but I I think every man really needs to look himself in the mirror and say, I need to do my part. And so what that is could be on the back end, could be helping a pregnancy resource center, but we all need to be involved in some level. That's Mark Houck, the founder and president of the King's Men. Incredible uh, ministry working with men. We'll post the link, thekingsmen.org. Mark, thank you to you and your family for the incredible witness and for fighting this fight against the government persecuting pro-lifers and Catholics. This is Timory from Trending with Timory. The CDC has really shocking facts about teen girls and mental health. One in five teen girls experienced sexual violence in the past year and three in five felt persistently sad or hopeless. Joining me tomorrow on Trending is Melanie Hempy to talk about what we can do, how to fix it, and the hope for teen girls moving forward. Join me daily, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.